Welcome to the Injection Connection, in-depth discussions with thought leaders and professionals in the polyurethane infrastructure repair industry, hosted by Jim Spiegel, Vice President of Alchemy Speedtech and board member at the International Concrete Repair Institute. So welcome to the, the Injection Connection a podcast with the host here, Jim Spiegel. This week, uh, we have Jack Whitworth on, a National Sales Manager with Aquafin. Hey Jack, how you doing? I'm doing good, thank you, Jim. Good, good. So it's um, you know true to the injection connection um, uh, format. You know we're, we're trying to to give interesting information to the to the chemical injection um, the chemical injection industry as a whole. And uh, Jack is a is a special guest of ours. We're actually uh, we're, we're competitors, um, but you know I've I've known Jack for for a number of years. Um, you know, as, as a competitor and you've been a coworker of some of my coworkers and um, a lot of great things to say about Jack and his experience level. And uh, so what I wanted to do here, Jack, was just start off um, and give you the mic and, and have you give just a little brief background of yourself and how long you've been in the injection industry and things like that. Well, a little bit about myself. After high school, I actually joined the military and uh, was a border guard on the East German Wall for four years. Got out, went to uh, University of Colorado, Denver, got a degree in uh, business marketing, and ended up getting my first job um, actually with the Fastenal Company as an outside salesman. And then after about six months, I became a uh, district manager. And then my uh, first interaction as a factory representative with, was with um, Unitex Construction Chemicals. And we made epoxies and some things like that. That's where I was first introduced with chemical grouts back in 1993. And I had a relationship with uh, Mr. Iskey at the time. And, and uh, every time I had a a uh, crack injection project for epoxy, but we had moisture coming through, I'd turn the job over to Mr. Iskey. So I originally, um, again, was in a started up from an epoxy company, but then um, an opportunity came up to work directly for a chemical grout manufacturer. I took that moment, had some really good um, mentors in my life. Uh, they shared all their knowledge. They're all pretty much hence retired now today. And I've been doing chemical grouting right now. I'm turning, but right at about year 26. Wow. 26 years. That probably goes quicker than you thought, huh? It, it feels like I started a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. I'm a little behind you, but I, I think um, I'm on year 15 or 16 right now. And yeah, it just goes quickly. That's for sure. Absolutely. And, and no one ever says in, when they're a kid that they want to be a, a chemical grout salesman, right? Didn't know anything about it until I actually ran into Mr. Iskey. Okay. That's interesting. I, I didn't know a lot, of, a lot about you. You're on the, a guardsman on the East German Wall? I was, actually. I was, uh, did patrols about 265 days a year in the field, uh, protecting the, uh, uh, the uh, neutral borders between East Germany and West Germany. Wow. And, yeah, it definitely uh, makes you realize how the opportunities we have for ourselves in this country. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. I ne- never knew that about you. Um, 
and then you you started with Unitex, you said. So yeah, that's um, is it, are they part of Dayton? Is it Dayton now, or or was it? They, they did sell to Dayton. We were actually um, a private label company that um, made a lot of epoxies for other um, companies that are out there that sell epoxies, and then we had our own line as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm familiar. Okay, so you know we we have a few topics we're going to try to try to get through. Um, you know, I, I don't think, I think it's appropriate for the time, you know, who knows like when people listen to this down the road, but uh, it's April 10th, uh, 2020. We're smack in the middle of this, uh, this COVID-19 coronavirus lockdown. Um, to say it's a crazy time is, is an understatement for us, especially for us as outside, you know, sales and sales managers and salesmen and technical support. So, uh, how are you, how are you dealing with it? You know, I, I know you probably spend most of your time on the road, right? Well, I'm typically on the road, uh, uh, probably I would say 40 to 45 weeks per year. So I've had to adapt and how I can get our information out, uh, without having that face to face contact. So, um, that's probably been the biggest adjustment for me. And then of course, being locked in one location is a big adjustment for me. But, um, you know, we're figuring out ways to where we can reach out and still go through some of our training modules um, for, through sites such as Zoom and that. Yep. And, and um, we still get daily calls. Um, water intrusion is one of those things, as you know, Jim. Typically, it's a reactive type of industry. So regardless of the times that you're in, when those problems arise, typically people are looking for a solution. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, I'm sure you went through the, the 2008, 2009, well, of course you did, um, <clears throat> situation as well. And you know, I was in the industry at that time as well. And it, I, don't, I don't know if you'd agree or not, but it kind of seemed like, you know, the repair industry was, was actually, I mean, I mean, there was nowhere to hide, right? I mean, everybody got affected, but the repair industry <clears throat> seemed to, seemed to hold pretty well, at least, you know, in, in, in my world. Uh, did, did you see the same where you were? I, I absolutely did. And, you know, during those times as well, as of today's times, you know, you still have a lot of uh, infrastructure needs that are out there. And that seems to be really the, the hot uh, uh, opportunities during the COVID-19 is a lot of infrastructure and uh, some municipality type of uh, opportunities. Yeah, yeah. And your, your family, they're okay having you home? You're not driving them crazy? Uh, of course I'm driving them crazy. Um, but uh, we're learning to adapt to each other. And, uh, you know, I've got an 18-year-old boy at home, and it's uh, keeping them on lockdown with nobody in or him not going out is a definite challenge. But, uh, you know, we, we understand the, uh, the uh, conditions we're under, and we're making the best of it. Yeah. Yeah, we... We laugh in some of our sales meetings that, you know, I'm sure it's the same for all sale outside salesmen. You know, you have all these type A personalities that, you know, are used to running around and doing dinners and events and, you know, uh, being on site and just chatting away. And, you know, we got to give a lot of credit to the families now that have to listen to all their BS all the time. Now, you know, we can't, can't spill it out on everybody else at the moment. I think that's my wife's daily prayers as we get over this so I can go back on the road. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
All right. So um, getting into a, a little bit about the injection industry. I mean, obviously, you're, you know, you, you have a ton of experience, so I'd like to <clears throat> get some insights from you. You know, one of the things we, we came, you know, we had a couple bullet points coming into it, but, uh, you know, what do you think are some of the, the strengths of the chemical grouting industry? And, you know, that, that's a little bit of a vague statement. So I, you know, I kind of followed it up with what, what's kept you, what's kept you in it for, you know, you're going on, you know, 26 years and, you know, what, what do you like about the industry and, and why do you think it has such a strong future? Well, I, I, I like the industry because it's challenging. No job it, it typically is the same. Um, you, you have to be quick on your toes. You have to be able to react to emergencies. And, you know, that's, that, that's also ties into, um, you know, uh, chemical grouts will always be necessary. But, um, you know, it, the job never gets boring. Plus, you get to see a lot of locations and areas that really the general public or, or probably 75 plus percent of your population don't even know exist. So um, it, it's just, it's exciting to get out there and be a solution provider. That's what probably what really keeps me interested in it the most. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you. Actually, that's a good, that's a good point that, you know, the places that the chemical grouting industry takes you is just um, uh, unbelievable. You know, walking, walking the, the gallery of a, of a dam or something like that, you know, it's a place you would never, you know, otherwise never know existed, you know, and yeah. uh, there's some really, really interesting projects out there. Um, yeah. So w one of the things that we, we kind of struggle with, <clears throat> I shouldn't say struggle with, but I mean, it's a, it's a concern is, you know, as, as I just said, no, no kid will say, yeah, I want to be a, I want to represent a chemical grouting manufacturer. <laughs> you know, I want to be a sales professional for chemical grouts. Um, do you guys have any, um, I, I don't want to say tricks cause that's not what you're here to share, but you know, how, how do you, how do you get young talent interested in, in chemical grouting or do you, you know, typically through, through my years of doing this, such as even myself, it was really, you know, it's almost, you almost have to be lucky to run into somebody that has interest in it because it is the unknown that's out there. Right. And, you know, my opportunity to run in and turn jobs to Mr. Mr. Iskey gave me the ability to learn the chemical grouts and I, and I found it extremely interesting. So I paid a very close attention to it. Um, you know, there is no magic because if we went to college fairs and, and different things like that, they'd think we were crazy. Um, you know, because it's, it's not the understood, but, um, you know, I think where we find most of our, um, opportunities within re for representatives is typically in the field, you know, that could be a contractor, that could be a distributor. Um, we, we typically have a good knowledge of what their, what their work habits, habits are, and really they have, a, um, some, some fairly, um, decent knowledge of the chemical grouts because if you take a distributor salesman for instance you might find a guy that's selling a ton within one location and there's five salesmen I want to meet that guy um, I, want to, I want to know why he's finding these opportunities and those are people we try to look out for yeah yeah I, I agree with you <clears throat> with the the contractor side you know it's it's invaluable to have that that field experience especially in in, in chemical grouting um, it's something almost on every episode of this podcast in some fashion, 
the field experience comes up, you know, and it's, it's a really hard, hard profession to fake, so to speak, you know? Absolutely. You get one shot at it and, and you know, it's, that's uh, where the representation becomes so important is when you're called out to help somebody with a, with a problem um, that represents your company, your, you know, and, and your product itself and the quality of your product as the old saying goes, you know, nobody really hears about the good things, but a thousand people from one person can hear the bad things. So it makes it, that is a challenge in chemical grouting. And that goes to, you know, there's really a lack of education um, that's available out there. And we kind of drive through the mantra of we uh, believe in growth through education. Uh, the more people that we can make comfortable with it, the uh, more opportunities we, we can actually have. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I think you and I have talked about that at some, at some industry events and some, you know, some networking uh, events that, um, you know, it, it really serves us. Like, I mean, even in this, even in this medium here, you know, obviously we're, we're competitors, but um, you know, to, to have a unified message of how work is done and, you know, having the same, same recommendations, so to speak, I, I think would do all of us, um, you know, a, more of a service to work together <laughs> than to try to work apart. You know, you have, you have some, and, you know, we know who some of the suppliers are out there that are a little, you know, um, uh, I, I'm not bad mouthing anyone, but I'm just saying not, not everyone has the field, the field reps that really know what they're talking about. I mean, I would say, you know, I know there's a lot of great chemical grinding people out there, but there's, you, know, you could probably count on both hands, <laughs> you know, the, the, the real good ones. Uh, you know, I think you would probably agree with that. Um, so it's, <clears throat> you know, we, we need to work together and educate as well as we can, you know, I'm, I'm on that grouting committee and Elena's on the grouting committee as well. And I know, you know, I think you've sat in on some of the meetings also. Correct. And those, those meetings are great because it's, you know, it's, it's all the, you know, all, all the heads of the, of the industry, so to speak, uh, you know, trying to work towards a, um, a unified goal, but you know, one of the, <clears throat> one of the issues, and this just is kind of coming up organically in conversation, but like to get your, your thoughts on it. One of the things we kind of struggle with in that committee is the whole marketing side of things. So, you know, you have your SLVs, your LVs, you have your semi-rigid, your semi-flex, you know, there's, there's all these ways that you can skin a product. Right. And, um, you know, what, how, how do you view that as far as how some people might refer to as an SLV versus an LV and, and you know how it is. I mean, different companies will just say, Oh yeah, you need an SLV this, here you go. <laughs> you know? Um, so what, what's your opinion on that as far as nomenclature and some of the confusion? In- well, I, I think a lot of the confusion starts with an earlier comment you made, you know, if, if all of the grout manufacturers could work together, one of the biggest issues we have is the ASTM guidelines. Right. And, and you know, it not only affects the commercial and industrial side, but it really affects a lot of your, um, your ashtos in that. If they're going into tunnel projects, there's just this unknown of, of what can be utilized under certain conditions. And, you know, it's the message that we, we have to send a clear, concise message um, to the engineering and the design community and the contractors on, you know, one of the most important things that I like to uh, strive on is what are 
what are the points you need to consider in selecting a ground? As you know, there's no silver bullet to stop water infiltration right. or stabilize the soil. Um, so, you know, I think that um, the more education and, and the more fluid we all are together in, in spreading that communication is actually going to help the business um, grow um, atrociously. And, you know, we look at, the, you know, where new buildings are being built. They might be old moss lands or, or, or water-bearing areas where they've filled it in. There, there are areas and locations where we never imagined a building would sit on top of it. These are, you know, as you know, great opportunities for us uh, in the chemical grouting side of things. And, you know, we see a, a lot of, of misadvised um, materials, I guess you would say, being utilized. You know, I go, I believe in what we call an assessing um, type of practice to where, you know, there's a lot of questions that need to be asked before we throw an answer out of use an LV and SLV. You know, it could be questions such as, you know, what's the method that we can approach um, and actually get the grout there long enough to set up? What is the substrate types and conditions? Because as you know, all substrate types um, could utilize a, a different type of uh, grout. Um, you know, what is the pH is of the water source? What's the nature, you know, of the crack? Um, is it a moving crack? That's gonna, you know, be things that we, we need to have answers for. And, you know, things like what's your water flow and the source of your water? Those become very important questions. And I think where we've hurt the industry a lot of times is people have lived by the silver bullet um, theory rather than um, trying to spread a good, consistent message for the industry. Yeah, I, I would agree completely, you know, and, and you know, some of those products, you know, I mean, I mean, you, obviously you worked for kind of the, the Kleenex, you know, of the industry at one point. And, um, you know, we still see a lot of specs that are just old, you know, um, products that aren't available anymore. I mean, you still see, you know, like the, the 3M products, for instance, and, um, you know, it's, I mean, I, I think the engineer outreach is a, is a huge problem. I mean, we're, we're diving into a lot of specifications, of course, right now, you know, because everybody is working from home and we just have the bandwidth to, to dive in to some things a little deeper than, you know, we normally would when we're on the road. And we, we had a sales meeting today and, you know, we kind of la not laughed about it, but we, we were definitely commenting. It's like a lot of these specs we're looking at are just wrong, you know, and um, I, I do see a little bit of a, a problem in our, in our industry. Well, I should say in our specific segment of the industry, because, you know, a lot of people go out and, and not mention any names, you know, some of the larger manufacturers that aren't necessarily into chemical grouting, they'll kind of tack on chemical grouting as part of their envelope spec, for instance, as, as you well know. And, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of misinformation in that sort of generic approach to chemical grouting. And, um, you know, I just think that there's a ton of engineer education that could help because a lot of these specs are just wrong. That's correct. And that's, you know, you, you started off earlier with, you know, some of the programs uh, ICRI is trying to put together. And they're trying to put down good, good guidelines for the chemical grout. It's a start. Right. Um, you know, we have a lot further to go, but um, 
it's, it, it is a big challenge because we're doing this cut and paste type of silver bullet um, approach. And really, I, I think that's one of the things that gives the industry a bad name. Um, because it, when you take that type of approach, um, you're probably going to have some failed injections that take place. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, you know, they talk about all the negative stuff. You know, you get the wrong guy out there to support the wrong product or even the right product. You know, that's another kind of little nuance of our industry that's a little tricky. And I, we try to tell people all the time that, you know, two, two people can go out there with the exact same product and have completely different results. You know, so you have to make sure that the person that's out there knows what the heck they're doing. And also the manufacturer that's behind them knows what they're saying, you know? So, um, that's, that's, that's a little tricky part as well. You know, sometimes some people say, well, you know, I used X, Y, Z material and it was, you know, it, it didn't work. Well, it doesn't necessarily mean the product doesn't work. Would you agree with that? I absolutely 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and that kind of address, we, we also want to talk about what needs to be improved in the industry. Um, I think we're all on the same page. That's the, that's the weird thing that, you know, we all know that the education piece needs to improve. Um, you know, I'm obviously involved in ICRI. I know you're also involved in ICRI, but just giving it a platform to plug some other uh, organizations. Uh, is, is there any other organizations that you would say you know that are making a nice contribution to the chemical grouting world? Uh, you know, I, I, I really don't see it. Um, I've spoken in some other organizations on chemical grouting and, yeah. you know, it was a great way for them to get a couple points, um, continuing education, but really there was, there was no real opportunities that, uh, was generated through those organizations. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. You know, I, I know ACI has a, has a guideline, um, I have, I have read through that. It's pretty, pretty good. Um, but yeah, it seems like ICRI is probably, I, I mean, I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? They're, they're con it's the concrete repair Institute. So, you know, it's fitting <laughs> that they would have the, the, the most focus. Um, have you ever worked with SWR? I have. It seems now that's more of a contractor group, correct? It is correct. Yeah. And I, I saw that they had some, they had some pretty good guidelines as well. Um, you know, I, I understand what you're saying. It's we're, we're such a specialty application. It's hard to kind of pull all these efforts together. Um, but uh, okay. And the moving on, uh, how do you, how do you see the future of chemical grouting? And you've been in it a long time. Uh, let me start by saying, have, have there been any developments or products that have changed the industry while you've been in it? I've seen a couple that have come out of Australia and that, and of course, we've seen the uh, products uh, that were asphaltic based that came into the industry. They, they went about as fast as they showed up. You know, you saw a lot of those, you know, with the transit authorities, the train galleries and et cetera. Um, you know, the ideas were great, but right. some of the applications, let's say, were uh, not so good. Right. Um, but, uh, and those, those type of products are always going to come into our industry. Um, I think that, uh, you know, the industry in itself, we have to remember really, really that the chemical grouts have probably been in the United States for maybe 40 years. I mean, we're really being pushed to market. 
And, you know, as, as we continue to grow, um, the opportunities are going to grow just because we're, we're building on today. I mean, we're making man-made islands over in uh, the Middle East and, and we're, you know, filling swamps up with, uh, uh, with fill and, and building high rises on them. Um, so that, in my opinion, I think the industry will grow um, greatly in the next uh, 10 to 20 years. Yeah, you're you're right. I, one of my coworkers, he he always says all the all the good building spots are taken, you know, and and we're and we're not going to stop building, you know. So, well, there's a lot of there, and there's a lot of variables, you know. You know that if you go into a um, um, an area that has a lot of fill, or you're deep into the water table, there's some phenomenal, phenomenal. Um, uh, positive side waterproofing systems that are available out there. The problem is, is most of those waterproofing systems, um, the confinement to the membrane itself becomes key in stopping the water intrusion. So, you know, you have two trades kind of working against each other there with that application. You have your waterproofing contractor, and then you have the guy that's pouring the concrete or shooting the shot creek. Right. And, you know, it, it's very hard with some of the demands on some of today's waterproofing that really goes back to the confinement. That's why we will always have opportunities with the chemical grout is because of the lack of confinement to a lot of the positive side membranes. Yeah, ab absolutely. And um, yeah, th this might be getting into a little bit too much, you know, proprietary information, but I'll, I'll, I'll broach the topic anyway. So yeah, I always find that funny, not funny, but um, ironic that, you know, a lot of times when we get out to these projects, there, there's already a big problem, you know, and, uh, you know, the first thing that a some people throw around are, well, what's your warranty, you know, and warranty just comes up time and time again, which I get it, you know, it's, it, it's building products, but, you know, it's, it's hard to, <laughs> it's hard to get through to the client sometimes to let them know that, you know, you already have a big problem and we're just trying to help you fix that problem. <laughs> um, so how, how do you handle that, that sort of topic? And like I said, I know this might be a little proprietary, not looking for anything, you know. Um, yeah, well, you know, you know, material warranties, we, you know, as a manufacturer, it's very hard to give a, um, you know, a warranty to cover both the material and the labor. Right. Um, so, you know, with, with a good quality um, applicator that you know he knows what he's really doing, you know, will I give a, you know, material extension? Yes. But the one thing we have to remember when we're dealing with chemical grouting typically is we're, we're, we're actually doing our work into areas that are unknown. Um, you know, our, our products go places we can't see. Right. So workmanship of that product um, it becomes very, very important. We don't control who bids the projects. Um, we're there to assist and try to make sure the project goes as smooth as we can. But, you know, you'll, you'll have agencies that are sw switching to specialized type of grouts just to kind of reduce the amount of people that can bid on these, on these projects. Because, you know, the reality is in chemical grouts, a guy can go rent it a uh, airless sprayer from Home Depot and go buy a bucket of grout from the distributor and say he's in the business. <laughs> yeah. That, that, there lies the challenge. And so it's, you know, trying to create that network and, and those relationships with your design, design community to say, hey, utilize these resources, please, in this bid. And that kind of, 
that helps our industry actually because we're we're keeping people that may not have a lot of knowledge. They're they're just seeking out bid opportunities and bidding the project. Yeah, I, yeah, I would I would agree completely. When I first started, it reminds me of you know, when I first came in the industry. And I was probably only in for a couple of years, and I was just just a young and I guess eager sales sales guy. And um, you know, we were selling like kits, you know, uh, kits where you could, you could pretty much start up a company and get injecting, you know, it's the, the, you know, the the guy that's throwing it in the back of his truck and injecting. And, you know, I did a big email blast about that very thing saying, Hey, you know, here, plug this into your, you know, plug this into your quote and off, you know, and off you go. (laughs) And the backlash that I got from that was, you know, now looking back on, I just think, Oh, how stupid was that? What was that message? You know? Um, but, you know, to your point, the, the workmanship is so important. And, and I, I, I think, it, especially in our industry, you know, we, you know how it is with LinkedIn now and everything that's online and we're all connected and we, you know, we see who's, who's talking to who and who does business with who, you know, it's, but it, it, it's almost better to have your approved kind of, uh, I don't want to say approved, that's getting into a little touchy conversation too, but um, you know, your key guys that, you know, use your stuff and use it well and, and go to market with them. You know, is that, Absolutely. I'm 100% agree with that comment. Yeah. I think where people get, <clears throat> sometimes people get in trouble where they're, where they are bouncing around all these products and, you know, try, you know, doing different things and, and they just don't know how to use that product the same, for instance, and it doesn't go as well. And then they say, you know, going back to my previous point that that product is junk, you know, and it's not necessarily a product's junk. It's just, it's different than what you're used to using. Yeah, that is correct. And, you know, we we have little uh, things that are different, Um, even within, you know, our hydrophobic lines, our hydrophilic lines, our acrylate lines, you know, and, and so, you know, it goes back to a contractor, he gets comfortable with certain grouts. And, and it's like teaching your child something new, you know, they're going to hesitate and challenge you on it. And it's, and it's being able to prove on why you need to make the change and try something different because under, after assessing the site, this is what you need to use, not what you're familiar using. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the, the acrylic grouts that you mentioned, um, you know, there's only a couple of people that really know them well. And I, you know, you know, Monica as well, and, you know, Monica is well respected in the industry. And I've had a lot of great conversations with her. I mean, I, th- I personally think the acrylic grouts could be used, you know, in, in much more um, places than, than they're currently used just because people aren't that familiar with using them. I, I agree with that. You know, and also using some of these polyurethanes with acrylates in conjunction together is yep. it's something that's probably not done enough. Yep. I, yeah, I, I agree completely. I mean, you know, I've <clears throat> spent some time with some European manufacturers and, you know, in Europe, for instance, that that's quite common where there's like a primary and a secondary injection, you know, where they, they pretty much refer to foams as like a kind of a water control or a water stop. And then there's a secondary injection of whether it's a, you know, like a two part low viscosity resin or even a, you know, an acrylic gel. So I I agree completely. I think that whole perhaps primary secondary treatment is just something that's not, not used here. That is correct. Yeah. All right. Well, Jack, we're hitting the, you know, we're close to the 40 minute mark and um, you know, that's, that's where we like to 
kind of wrap it up. I appreciate you. Um, appreciate you being on and you know, who, who knows how, where our podcast goes. We hope to, you know, create some interest and maybe we can start to have some group discussions as well, you know, with, with several suppliers perhaps. Um, but uh, did you have, have anything else uh, off, off the top of your head? Uh, I'd just like to thank you for the opportunity. I, I, um, I think it's great that we can sit down and actually have a discussion like this. As you said, we're, we're friendly competitors, but really I think it's, you know, I look at it and you look at it differently as, you know, if we all can come together and work together, then we're going to actually um, help all of ourselves by actually um, uh, growing the industry together. And so I, I appreciate you uh, allowing me to talk with you today. For sure, Jack. And thank you to, uh, uh, to Elena as well for, for lining this up. She reached out to me initially. So, and uh, you know, stay safe and well over there. And I hope to see you sooner than later at the, at the next industry event. Sounds great. And uh, hope uh, stay safe, you and your family. And thank you very much for your time. All right. Thanks, Jack. You bet. Have a great day. All right. You too.